0: What's up, everyone? Jason here for another episode of Strong AFX Well-Conditioned. Thank you for joining me back. In this episode, we're talking about three ways to level up your training. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you for joining us. Welcome to the Strong AFX Well-Conditioned Show with your host, Jason Brown, where each week, Jason teaches you how to get yourself and your clients brutally strong and, of course, well-conditioned. What's up, everyone? Jason here for another episode of Strong AFX Well Conditioned. Thank you for joining me back. Today, we're talking about five ways you can level up your training. I've written various articles about ways to improve recovery, improve conditioning, improve strength. You can read about any of those things on my site or on Elite FTS. And this episode, I'm going to talk more so about what I have seen as a coach, what I have seen with people I've worked with, what I have seen in my own training, and you know, some of these things are, aren't necessarily studies to back up, but if I'm seeing the same thing over and over with the people I work with, then there has to be some legitimacy, right? I mean, that it, it can't just be a fluke. And some of the things I've seen over and over are things that I haven't necessarily written about, but maybe I've done, you know, various uh, social media posts about. So I wanted to break down five things. And I think that some of these things you might be surprised by. Some of them are probably not going to be as common, but... Um, the first thing that I think is very important, if you've been someone that's been training for a long period of time, uh, maybe you've got, you know, 10 plus years of, of serious training experience under your belt, you might want to consider t- having some type of reset period in your training. And what I mean by that is taking a departure from your normal training, maybe doing a DLO week, or maybe even taking that normal training and just cutting the volume in half. Um, maybe, you know, you're using a conjugate split and and maybe you're on CXC and maybe you're doing heavy, heavy fives, heavy fours. You're doing, uh, you know, a fair amount of volume as far as the accessory work goes. And maybe, you know, even the conditioning work might be time to, to just take a kind of a reset. So what this would look like is you can call it whatever you want. You can call it a deload week. You can call it a back off week. I mean, everyone wants to associate it with, with one thing. And I think a lot of th- th- things that come to mind with to most people is just like, oh, is that a deload week? Well, it certainly could be. Um, it could be just a mental reset. So just to give you the backstory here, why I'm, why I'm proposing that you um, institute some type of reset in your training. And I'll get to more of the particulars of what it could look like. But um, just to give you some backstory, almost everyone that comes on board to work with me one-on-one, they're coming from something higher volume, higher intensity. Um, You know, maybe they were training at a CrossFit gym, whatever the case may be. I I mean, we could could go down the list of scenarios there. I've worked with a lot of people and, and you know, I tend to work with kind of the same type of people. And that's one of the things that I do in my own business is make sure that I am working with the right people. People that are the right fit to work with me are type A. They likely have a background in some type of athletics or some type of competition whether it be in CrossFit, whether it be Olympic lifting, powerlifting, you name it. Um, They've got some type of type A competitive background where they're used to pushing themselves. For these people, pushing themselves is not an issue. Now, there are other ends of the spectrum where there are coaches that work with clients that don't know how to push themselves. That's not the case for me. So first and foremost, we need to consider the context. If you are listening to the show, maybe you're like me, maybe you work with people like I do. Let's say you don't work with people like I do. Maybe you work with people that have trouble pushing themselves. Then some of these things might not apply to you. So that's something that you need to use your own discretion with and understand whether or not what I'm saying could potentially apply to the people you're working with or, or even yourself for that matter. So again, those people don't have a problem pushing themselves. So when they come to me, a lot of times I find that you know people, generally speaking, are overtrained, right? They've been doing... X amount of volume. Sometimes I see their actual programs. Um, and one of the the main things that I tell a lot of people that do come to me is that, Hey, I've never worked with you before. So number one, it wouldn't make sense for us to go in, you know, crazy out of the gate, go in headlong into a hard training plan with, with very rigid standards, you know, multiple rep maxes, one rep maxes, even dynamic effort and just u- utilizing various methods that certainly have more of a learning curve and would require me to have more knowledge beforehand to prescribe those methods. Okay, so that's a key point. If I don't know what their experience is, if I've never seen them move, it's to be really hard to do that. Now I do have some people come with me that might've been past clients or maybe I've seen them or work with them on some level. Um, I work with people that I, I used to train in person uh, still to this day. So that's obviously a different set of circumstances, but in most cases, I'm not going to have someone come on board with me and then I'm going to just throw them, you know, throw them to the wolves, so to speak, where with their programming is going to be super intense and I'm going to use very specific methods out of the gate. The programming is going to be more general out of the gate. Now, first, I'm going to put them through a foundational movement pattern assessment so I can see where potential limitations are and I can see how to customize their training to them based on their own uh, movement patterns. But generally speaking, They're going to do less volume. You know, we we do a lot of three sets of ten, and I've talked about this various times now. How I love three sets of ten. I think it's a phenomenal rep scheme when done correctly. Um, I don't find that most people are going to need more than that out of the gate working with me. Now, usually, what happens is over the course of say twelve weeks, we will. You know, again, there's a lot of different ins and outs. There are a lot of different things that we could consider, but generally speaking, there will be some variability in there in terms of ramp up, in terms of maybe utilizing different methods um, or a different training split altogether, maybe that might present itself. But generally speaking, I will build them up slowly. A lot of times I find that the buildup is very small, though. It's It's not like going from doing three sets to five sets. It's still utilizing three sets, but maybe we're using a heavier load. Maybe we're on the higher end of a scheme maybe it's eight to 10 reps, maybe it's 10 to 12 reps, maybe it's 12 to 15 reps, depending on the exercise, we might go on the higher level of the scheme. Now, with that said, I find that most people will come back to me. And I I should probably have taken statistics on this because I, I wish I knew the exact number of how many people have told me this, but I almost can set my watch to the fact that most people that are overtrained and will work with me will find that within 12 weeks, they were doing a too much work before coming to me, and B, they're getting better results now. And and what is the result? Well, the result is obviously their, their performance, their body composition, but how they feel—that's a key thing. How they feel. <laughs> I mean, we're always focused on on metrics as coaches. On you know maybe they're using an in body, they're tracking their body composition. Maybe they're they're tracking uh, their heart rate variability or just their overall metrics as far as uh, the weight room is concerned. What about how someone feels? What about their energy levels throughout the day? Do they feel better? Do they feel more energetic playing with their kids? Go down the list of things. People know if they feel better. You right now listening know if you feel better. I know that when I eat certain things, I feel worse, right? It's the same thing with training. You might be doing a style of training and say like, holy shit, I, feel, I don't feel good doing this. And one of the things that I, I thought was really interesting a long time ago, um, my wife told me that She never knew that she felt like shit until after, like after we sold our CrossFit gym, after we were not training, you know, on a very high level for a CrossFit competition. And we just, you know, again, really dialed back and and we're using, you know, more of a CXC split where we were doing a strength session. We were doing a conditioning session all on separate days and considerably less volume. She said to me, "I, I can't believe I never knew this, but I just became accustomed to feeling like shit, to feeling like tired, feeling sore, soreness is another one. It's a, it's a good one because a lot of people equate soreness with um, whether or not they're making gains or or just the efficacy of the training session. I had a new client that just started with me last week and he goes, wow, I'm really sore. And I said, "You know, don't use soreness as your gauge for whether or not it was good training. You just started working with me, so you're likely going to be sore, but I actually want you to be at a place where soreness is kept at bay. You're not overly sore. Being overly sore can take away from what we're trying to do. So needless to say, one thing, one strategy that you could employ is doing some type of reset where maybe you just back off the volume of your current training program. Um, And you could back off the volume for three, four, I mean, even as long as six weeks if you wanted to. Now, the programs I put out, something like CXE, is written for the masses. So I go off of what I know to be true as a coach. And a lot of things I know to be true as a coach are things that you're not gonna read in peer-reviewed research. There are, you know, the volume that I prescribe is is a lot lower, more times than not. Um, I don't find it it to be prudent to program six, seven sets of accessory work. You know, six sets of 10, I read in a study once, was like the magic spot for hypertrophy. Someone, to get someone to do six sets of lat downs. That's a tough ask, and I, I'm just I'm not about that. And I always look at it from the perspective as of whether or not I would use this training program. And if I wouldn't use it, then there's a problem. So the strategy that you could employ is simply taking a reset or backing off volume. You could even back off intensity too. You might find that you get better results from this. Now, if you're if you're doing you know programming uh, DYI, you're doing it yourself, and you're you're being re- you know, receptive to the signs your body is giving you, then this is something I would be highly receptive to because a lot of times it's hard for us to make that downgrade. Even for myself personally, this past year, switching from a conjugate split, which is is much more volume than the full body split I'm on. You know, it's it's hard to make that change just mentally. But when you start seeing how things play out physically, and then again, the energy level piece is, is certainly a big piece of the puzzle then that brings more legitimacy to going in the right direction. So strategy number one is to employ some type of reset. Again, you can call whatever you want, deload. Um, I, I I don't think it needs to be called any one particular thing. It, it could be an extended period of time where you simply dial back your volume and intensity and see how you're feeling. And maybe it might even be dialing back the training frequency. I've seen some people have better success with employing less overall sessions, which again, would lend itself to Using something like a full body split, so that's point number one. Point number two, training split. I see a lot of people cram themselves into the wrong training split. Okay, give you, I'll give you a backstory here. I think stories make this stuff a little bit more uh, useful, and you know, maybe maybe you're experiencing the same thing. So I'm gonna use my wife as an example. She, you know, is, has has had goals, you know, since having our third, which now was four years ago, but getting back into the level of shape that she was in when she was doing CrossFit, you know, gaining some lean tissue, um, you know, strength, definitely not as big of, of, a, of a goal for her, but more body composition related. And we've done various splits. I've, I've probably written, I don't even want to admit how many programs I've written for my wife, but, um, needless to say it's been tough because we've gone back and forth between, what I feel like she should do and what she wants to do. So I've given her what she wants to do. And, you know, again, square peg, round hole, body part part split for my wife at this stage of her life is a mismatch. So she's like, okay, well, you know, I'll do CXE and that's all well and good. And I, you know, gave her a modified version of CXE and encompasses a little bit more of her goals. However, that's not the right split either for her at this stage of her life. Um, the way she's feeling, you know things that she has going on in her own personal life. it's just not the right thing for her. I've gone back and forth. I've recommended a full body split numerous times and she died. Ah, I don't like it. I don't like how it feels. I don't like the warm-up sequence. I don't like, you know, whatever. It just wasn't something that she wanted to do. And to be honest in my own in my own coaching journey, This past year has been one for me to dial in how I write full body training. And I've probably read just about every article from Chad Waterbury, who is, uh, I would say, probably one of the bigger proponents of full body training. I've read his book, all of his books, actually. He's got one more recently that I would highly recommend. Um, But I've needed to find my own way to use full body training in a way that would work for myself, work for my clients. Um, And, you know, obviously my wife being one of my clients, and it took a little bit to figure it out. Uh, you know what I thought was the optimal way to do this, and needless to say, she's actually enjoying her training more than ever. She's getting better results. She's more consistent, and she actually feels great doing the sessions. In the session, you know, even the the warm up sequence that we built out for this, it is really dialed in. Again, it's taken some time, but now that we've figured out exactly what is the right style of training for her, and in, in to be able to encompass something like full body where there's less overall time commitment. That's one of the advantages. If you are someone that, you know, maybe you're just pressed for time, your energy is thin, you've got kids, you've got, uh, you know, a lot of different commitments on the weekends. Full body training is a great way to go. And that's really why we're doing it. It's just very hard for us to train during the winter months. Gets, you know, it's cold out, it's hard to be outside and it's just a better fit uh, for both of us at this this stage. So um, needless to say, if you feel like what you're doing just doesn't support your goals and your lifestyle. And I would say probably the lifestyle might be the bigger piece because a lot of times people are trying to like get these sessions in and it just doesn't work for them. Um, It might be time to reevaluate. Now I'm not saying, you know, you need to go with something I'm doing, but it might be time to reevaluate. There are a lot of great programs out there, a lot of great coaches out there. I think at the end of the day, you know, consider the going the one-on-one route. A lot of times people like, oh, it's too expensive. Well, you're investing in yourself. You're investing in your longevity. You're investing in removing guesswork. You're investing in expertise. You're investing in, you know, again, having something that's specifically tailored towards you. You are not the same as anyone else listening right now. You have specific needs, goals. No, and generally speaking, we can fit people into kind of one or two categories. That's what I've seen. But there are so many different nuances to those categories. Um, And then you get down to things like what you have access to for equipment. And then that adds a whole new layer of things to consider, all right? So reconsider your training split. If you're out of alignment with it, then it's time to go back to the drawing board. Step number three or improvement number three. Um, this This is a tricky one because there are a lot of different methods that we can go through. I could say, hey, guys, do this to get this. And it may or may not play out that way for you. But I think one of the, the bigger pieces to look at as far as conditioning, I should have probably started with, I'm going to talk about conditioning in this, uh, in this uh, third point, is we need to take a step back and see where we're at, and then, then we can reverse engineer. So what I mean by that is, where is your resting heart rate? are you looking at heart rate variability score? I use train with Morpheus from Joel Jameson. I find it, I've used a variety of them on the market. I find it to be the most accurate. It also takes the conditioning and it, um, basically aligns it with, uh, your heart rate variability score for the day. So for instance, if you're having a down day, it's gonna, it's going to adjust your, uh, output based on your score for that day, which is really cool. And I, I haven't seen any, any other ones that have done that. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there are some that do that now, but um, I haven't seen anyone that has done that the way that Joel has done it with Train with Morpheus. So, look at your resting heart rate, look at your stress levels, look at um, you know things like v- you, there are various conditioning tests that you could use, um, and then reverse engineer with how much conditioning you need. But generally speaking, if you are not conclu- including some level of zone two work, which is sixty to seventy percent of max heart rate, in your programming then you're missing the boat. And of course, there are plenty of people say that like, you don't need it, it'll take away from strength and hypertrophy, blah, blah, blah. They're wrong, they're wrong, they're wrong, okay? So just you don't listen to those people, they're fucking wrong. Um, I don't even know how many times I need to say this at this point, but it, I, it still keeps appearing in my screen where I see people touting this just complete bullshit. You need to do some level of cardiovascular training. And I'm not talking about just doing body weight and kettlebells. There is a different different level of cardiac output that exists when we do cyclical work. And that's why I program cardiac output style work, which is our zone two cyclical work. I'll mix in some kettlebell, I'll mix in some body weight or maybe some, you know, some jump rope or whatever the case may be, just to kind of keep it interesting. But overall, if you make the crux of this session done cyclically, the cardiac output will be higher. Thus, there are better adaptations. So point number three would be to include some level of zone two work in your program. Now, how much is up to you? And again, that lends credence to the fact that having a professional have your back is certainly going to be helpful where you can eliminate the guesswork. I can't tell you how much you need, but generally speaking, I would say at least two sessions a week. And it could be as high as you know, maybe three or four sessions a week, depending on your goals and what your, you know, again, the various factors are in your life, okay? Point number four, increase the volume when you need to, okay? Don't feel like you always have to increase volume, to get better results. All right, guys, that's it for today's show. I hope you enjoyed it and we'll see you on the next episode. This was another episode of Strong AFX Well-Conditioned Show. Tune in every Wednesday for new episodes and be sure to subscribe on all podcast platforms.